Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Thank you, Father. Amen. And while you're still standing, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. Thank you, worship team. Sister Katie. She said, Pastor, that's hard. That's because I don't know how to sing, Sister Katie, so it's not hard for me to say it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Isaiah chapter 9. And I want to, we're going to start reading. This morning from verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Say that one more time. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Thank you, Father, for your word. Let us receive now by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes this morning on the subject, the plans are already made. The plans are already made. The reservation has already been done. It's already done. It's already been made. Look at your neighbor and say, the plan's already been made. Reservation's already taken care of. It's already done. Perhaps there are some of you here this morning, and as you look back over the past 11 months, you've dealt with some discouragement. You've dealt with some disappointments, some frustrations. Maybe there have been times over the past 11 months that you've looked up to heaven and said, God, where are you? Maybe there have been some times that you've looked up and said, God, I don't understand what's going on in my life right now. I don't understand why they did this. God, I don't understand why this had to happen. And there have been discouragements and disappointments and frustrations and all of that. And, and so you sit here today, and we're because we're human, we question these things, and we question 
the why of things, and we question uh, the how of things, and and we wonder, and and we've heard uh, many sermons and uh, devotions over the past year about the promises of God, and and how that we just need to walk by faith, and and accept what God's going to do, and and believe it by faith, and and we've talked about healing and and how God was going to restore, and there are perhaps some that are here this morning, and and you still waiting on your restoration. You're still waiting on your healing, and you're wondering, God, why? What's going on, Lord? And, And I don't understand this. But I want to tell you something this morning. If you're here today and you're a born again Christian, and what I mean by born again Christian, I mean that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just that you come in here on Sunday morning and and enjoy the service and you don't ever think about God during the week. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. The blood's been applied and your life has been radically transformed by the power of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. You have a relationship with Christ. Well, I want to tell you something this morning. If that's you, that sets you apart from everybody else. Because as a born-again child of God, once you make a commitment to Christ and give Him your life and accept uh, Him as your Savior and become a servant to Him and a follower of Christ, then there's a plan that God enacts in your life. And I want to tell you something this morning. God's plan, He's got a plan for you. And I want to tell you that God's plan will come to fruition in your life. Now, the worship team this morning, Jordan didn't know what I was going to preach on. I I had to change my main scripture today because Jordan got my main scripture. But I want to read it again for you this morning. In Jeremiah 29 and 11, God said this, and and he was speaking through the prophet Jeremiah as Jeremiah was prophesying to a nation that had backslidden on God and, and people that had walked away from God. And yet, even in the midst, the midst of all of that, God speaks through Jeremiah and he says this. He says, I want you to tell the people this, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you and expect it in. God's got a plan for your life. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got a plan for me. You remember David in 1 Samuel, I think it's about chapter 16, uh, where God told Samuel, you know, you need to quit crying about Saul. I'm through with him. I want you to get you a horn of oil and go down to Jesse's house because I got uh, one of his sons that I want you to anoint as king. How many of you know God had a plan for David? God had a plan for David's life, and it was an awesome plan. Samuel got down to Jesse's house, walked up in the living room there, and told Jesse, says, "Uh, listen, I'm here uh, because God uh, wants to anoint one of your sons as king. Uh, Jesse brought out the first son named Eliab. Eliab walked out. He was a big, tall, uh, robust guy, probably looked kind of like Brother Darrell over here, big old arms and chest and all that and had that killer smile going on and Sister Natalie said, now preacher, you're going you to preach right there 
and, and he walked out and, and looked at, and, and Samuel looked at Eliab and said, surely this is the one that God wants for a king. But God said, no, that's not him. Uh, so uh, Benadab walked out and, and he looked like he looked like Daryl too and, 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 and he walked out and, and Samuel said man this has got to be him Lord he's built look at them biceps and them triceps and all them other seps and all that and, and he said surely this is, the, this is the one and God said no that ain't him either Shammah walked out Samuel said God this has got to be him God said no he said, that ain't him. He said, Samuel, you're looking on the outward appearance, but I don't, I don't pick people like that. I look on the inside. I look at the heart. And when I look at the heart, that's the man that I want. You see, what I'm saying is, is this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that David wasn't even there. He wasn't even at home when Samuel came. But did that stop the plan of God uh, for David? No, it didn't stop it. Uh, and, and Samuel stood there, and after all of them came out, he looked at uh, Jesse, and he said, is this all the sons you've got? Jesse said, no, I got one more out in the field. He was the least likely to succeed. But God said, he's the one that I got a plan for. So Samuel said, tell him to come in the house. Uh, I want to look at him. And when he walked in, God put a finger on him and said, that's the one. Listen, I want you to know something this morning. You might not have been in the, in the place that, that, that you thought you should have been. And you might wonder why you've been going through the struggles and the battles that you've been going through you might wonder God why in the world did I wind up driving down that dirt road down there when I could have been on the freeway you've been wondering God why couldn't I have had that job and been making that amount of money but I'm still stuck on this other job and you've been questioning God and worried about God I don't see how your plan's going to come about listen you don't have to be at home uh, for God's anointing to come on you because the anointing oil won't go on anybody else but you. God won't anoint nobody else. The oil won't come out uh, on nobody else but the one that he's got a plan for. You need to get that this morning because you, some of y'all, you spent most of your time this past year trying to figure out how to get out of where you are. And God said, I've got you where you are. You need to quit fretting and quit worrying about getting out of the situation that you're in because if it wasn't my plan for your life, you wouldn't be there. If it wasn't my purpose working in you, you wouldn't be where you are. You wouldn't be having to deal with that hard boss that you're dealing with but God said it's a plan that I've got for you and that boss is pulling something out of you that I've been trying to get out of you for years but I had to put you on that job with that boss man so he could get it out there's a plan Listen, once we get that revelation that God's got a plan for my life it'll bring so much peace to everything else now, talking about a plan, we, we think about Christ, and I read this, this ver these verses out of Isaiah chapter 9. And the last part of verse 7, after Isaiah had prophesied hundreds of years uh, before Christ would come about 
his coming and his government and the peace and all of that and, and how it was going to be established with judgment and justice from henceforth forever. Then he ends this passage, this prophecy, one of the greatest prophecies uh, concerning the coming of Christ uh, in the Bible. This is one of the most most popular, one, one of the most direct and, and, and powerful prophecies about the birth of Christ anywhere in the Bible. But he ends that passage or that prophecy with this, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, I've read that verse many, many times, and I've not really paid a lot of attention to that. I just kind of read over it real quick. But let me give you a paraphrase of what that's saying. When God said the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this, he's simply saying the righteous jealousy. That word zeal means jealousy. It is, it is a word that means jealousy and envy. And what I believe that God was speaking to Jeremiah was, he was saying, I am going to perform this because I am righteously jealous for my people. You need to get that. The righteous jealousy and the divine passion for relationship with his people will cause this to come to pass. In other words, what God was saying when he said the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this, God was saying I've got a righteous jealousy and I've got a passion for my people and I know where they are. I know they might have strayed away. They might have made some mistakes. They might have failed along the way. He said, but my jealousy for them, I am, God said, I'm jealous for you. In other words, when you show attention uh, to the opposing enemy, uh, when you show attention to the world, God says, look, I'm jealous for you. I want you to understand that when you mess around with another lover, I'm jealous for you. I've got a righteous jealousy, God said, that rises up within me, and I'm going to pursue you with passion. Listen, I, I remember when Judy and I were first dating and, and all of that, and, and, and we, were, we were young lovers, and we were in love, or I was in love and all that, and, 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 and I knew that she was the one, and, and I had, there was other, uh, other young men that came around and started messing with my, my sweetie pie and all that, and listen, I want you to know, I wasn't saved then, and I didn't take it kindly when somebody come messing around with my girlfriend and my young lady that I had eyes on you didn't mess with them and, 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 I, and I hurt people because they messed with my uh, young lady because I wasn't saved then and I, I didn't know the love of God I knew the love of Judy but I was jealous I'm still jealous don't become messing with my wife come up thinking you're going to hit on my wife there ain't none of y'all done that I'm just telling you okay be coming up here thinking you're going to be hitting on my wife. That's my wife. I'm kind of like that with my daughters. Don't come think you're going to be hitting on my daughters, messing around. I get all upset with you. And even now, I'm born again, and I got the love of God in me, but I don't know how much grace I've got on something like that. But that's the way God was looking 
in the book of Isaiah because you see what had happened is, is that ever since Genesis, ever since Genesis, uh, when, when Adam and Eve failed in, in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3 and, and, and they gave uh, uh, Satan the right, the legal right to come in and rob them of their blessing and of their glory that they had with God. And God said, remember what God said to uh, Adam and Eve? He said, I'm going to put enmity when he was talking to Satan. He said, I'm going to put enmity between you and, and uh, the woman and between uh, your seed and her seed and, and it's going to bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Even then, God said, look, I am jealous for thee, this creation. I, I'm, not, I'm not jealous for a dog or a cat or a cow or a hog or, or, or a bird or anything like that, but this is the height of my creation. Man and woman are the height of my creation, and I'm jealous for them. And God said, there's going to come a day that uh, the seed of this woman is going to put his foot on your head. He is going to bruise your head. Why the head? Because the head is where the, the poison is contained in the serpent's body. And God said, I'm going to kill the effect of the poison that you have put in my creation. I'm jealous. God's got a plan for your life, sir. He's got a plan for your life, ma'am. And if you're a born-again child of God, you need to quit walking around uh, scooping BBs up off the floor with your bottom lip because you're depressed and down and out and worried about the future. You need to understand that I am where I am because God has got me where I am. And what I'm going through, I'm not going to stay in it. I'm going to walk through it. I might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm going through the valley. I'm not building a house in the middle of it. I'm walking through it and it might be hard right now but I'm coming out of it on the other side because the plan of God for my life says that I'm not going to stay there but I'm just passing through look at somebody and say God's got a plan God's got a plan he prophesied down through the hundreds of years, Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter 7 that there was a virgin uh, going to conceive and bear a son and they would call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. That was over 500 years before that little night in Bethlehem when the, shepherd, when the angels appeared to the shepherds. You see, God had a plan all the way down through history he even prophesied through Micah the prophet in Micah chapter 5 that Bethlehem would be the place where the Savior would be born. Think about that. That's the plan of God working. God said nothing will get in the way of the plans that I have. And I'm giving you this because this applies to God's working in your life. See, nothing happens by chance with God nothing happens by accident if we will spend more time believing by faith and thanking God through faith and giving him glory for our lives and less time worrying about the stress that we're trying to deal with and, and because so and so don't want to get right well I'd get right pastor if I could get Joe over here or, or Bubba over here or Leroy over here right or, or pastor I'd get right if I could get Susie to do right if I could get uh, uh, Lucille to get right I would get right no you ain't got to worry about Lucille and you ain't got to worry about Leroy 
Leroy and all them. All you got to do is worry about uh, yourself and understand that God's got a plan for you. And when you get in his plan and begin to work his plan, all the rest of it's going to work out. Prophecy after prophecy about the coming of Christ. Man couldn't stop it. Kings couldn't stop it. It was going to happen. Why? Because it was a plan of God. You remember in Matthew chapter 2, we talked about this Wednesday night. Matthew chapter 2, Herod, King Herod, had an evil plot and an evil plan. He wanted the wise men to find out where the baby Jesus was so he could go and he wanted to destroy Jesus because of his jealousy and his insecurity. He wanted to kill the baby Jesus, but did he do it? No. Why? Because God had a plan. Listen, that lets me know that if God's got a plan for my life, the kings of the earth might rise up against me, but they can't do anything to me because... Remember after that happened, Herod got mad. He got aggravated because the, the wise men didn't come back through town and, and let him know where the baby Jesus was born. So he sent to Bethlehem and had all the firstborn uh, sons uh, murdered. You remember that? Did he get Jesus? No. Why? Because the plan of God was in motion. You follow it on down. Joseph and Mary left town with the baby Jesus and went into Egypt for a little while. The Bible says that they came back, but because of all the, the threats and all that that was going on, they settled in a little uh, podunk town named Nazareth. Remember what the man said when he was talking about Jesus? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Yes, something good can come out of it. Why? Because it was the plan of God. It was prophesied by the prophet that that's where he would come from. And Joseph might have fussed about it. He might have fussed to Mary and said, Mary, I want to live in, I want to go to New York. Uh, New York is where it's happening. I want to go to Atmore. Atmore is where it's, they got a McDonald's in Atmore. Uh, they don't even have a street light in Nazareth. And then why are we going to Nazareth? But why? Because God had a plan for them to go to Nazareth. Sometimes God will take you to Nazareth because you don't know what's going on over here somewhere else. And God said, I'm leading you to Nazareth because I'm working something in your life. I hope you're getting what I'm saying because I'm just trying to encourage you today about the plan of God for your life. And I'm trying to tell you this morning that all your worry and all your stress and all the fretting and all of that is not going to do you any good. Listen, if you're a child of God, understand that the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that uh, if, when you come to God, you've got to come in faith believing that he is God and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek. Listen, it's time for us to begin to walk in faith. Listen, over the past 11 months, I've struggled. I've battled with things, and I've had disappointments and discouragements 
and all of that stuff and, and I've shed some tears and, and all of that and, and there's some things that I couldn't understand why and, and, and all of that but listen I still understand that I've got to walk by faith I can't stay in my depression and in my oppression that's not God's plan for my life God wants me to be happy God wants you to be happy and he wants you to have what you need. See, I can sit back all day long and question God, why, why this? Why, why, why did that? Why, why, what about that, God? And, and all of that, and God's saying, listen, move on past that. Understand that my plan is working out for you. And in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, the Bible says they didn't have any room in the inn. And there have been songs that have been written about how bad those innkeepers were because they didn't have no room in the inn for Jesus. And I, and, and I know if it had been me and I'd pulled up to the Holiday Inn late one night and Judy was fixing to have a baby and they didn't have no room at the Holiday Inn, I would have been fussing and blowing and all that. But you know what? That wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's plan for Jesus to be born in the Holiday Inn. It was God's plan for Jesus to be born in a manger. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You see, it might look bleak to us. It might be disappointing to us. And it might be discouraging to us. But we've got to realize, maybe God doesn't want you in a Holiday Inn. Maybe he wants you in a feeding stable. See, I never will forget one time I was, I was on my way uh, to, to do some things in, in Mobile and I got sidetracked. Somebody called and it sidetracked me. It changed my plans. And I remember driving down the road and I was... I needed to get back. Now it's going to be midnight before I get back. I knew I shouldn't even answer the phone. That's the way I that's the way I do. I know y'all don't do that. You see, when when I got sidetracked, I wound up in a situation to where I was able to pray with an individual. Not only was I able to pray with that individual, but I was able to lead a, a person in their family to the Lord. God not only brought somebody to salvation uh, there that day, but he brought healing to the one that I prayed for, and I was fussing all the way. But you see, I failed to understand, look, God's got a plan uh, for my life. He's got a plan for my day. And what you think is a sidetrack, God's saying it's the path that I want you to walk on. Everybody running around this time of year. Everybody running trying to get that last gift bought and all of that. Trying to make preparations for all this. 
and we get frustrated, we get tired and give out, but God says, look, do you know that I've got a plan? I've got a plan for your life. So we talk about plan. So how does how do I get in to God's plan? Listen, you don't you don't get in God's plan just by accident. In the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 and I'm I'm fixing to, fixing to wind it down. I tell you what, look at look at 1 Peter before you go to Romans, 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 18. I'm going to read verse 18 through 20. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now listen to verse 20 who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Think about that. I was not redeemed by corruptible things, such as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these times for me. Think about think about the plan. Think about the plan. The blood that you, that redeemed you and I. God didn't wake up at the turn of the century and say for the year two for the. Uh, 2000s, I'm going to give the blood of my son to redeem them. No. He did that before the foundation of the world was ever set. He set that in motion. That is an awesome God, ladies and gentlemen. That is a mighty and a powerful God that would do something like that. And he did that with you and I in mind. God's got a plan, and he works his plan. All right? So in order for me to get in the plan of God, I go to Romans chapter 8 now, and I want you to look with me, beginning with verse 5. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 5. This is how you get and stay in the plan of God. Listen, I would rather be uh, uh, out in the middle of the woods, standing on a pine stump, preaching to the squirrels, the birds, and, and the deer, and be in the will of God than I had to be in a, in a mega church somewhere standing before thousands preaching to people out of the will of God. In Romans chapter 8, and beginning with verse 5, it says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Notice that. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many of you want life? How many of you want peace? Amen. Why is that? Because the carnal mind, that means your, your fleshly mind, the mind without God, the mind without Christ, 
the carnal mind is an enmity or an enemy against God for it is not subject to the law of God. You wonder, if you're wondering why you're not seeing the plan of God work for your life, then understand this. It might be because you're trying to look at things through a fleshly mind or a carnal mind. All right? So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now go on down to verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow. Whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. Now understand this. In order to walk in the plan of God and allow and have the plan of God working in your life, you've got to understand you got there's a way of walking. I cannot walk according to my flesh. I can't walk according to my carnal mind and my carnal understanding. I've got to walk in the Spirit. Pastor, how do I walk in the Spirit? You pray. You read God's Word. You, allow, you obey. And you walk in the Spirit. You, you follow the leading of the Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to close. I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about. In Luke chapter 2, in verse 25, the Bible says, uh, guys, uh, Sister Katie, you guys can go ahead and come. In Luke chapter 2, beginning along with verse 25, there's a man there in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Everybody say Simeon. Simeon was, was an elderly man, and he served God in the temple the Bible says that he was just and devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, that word consolation means comforter, encourager, exhorter. That's what Simeon was waiting for. Now remember, we say that, but think about this. It had been 400 years since God had spoken to his people. It had been 400 years without the voice of a prophet, without the voice of God speaking. Simeon was there and he had been waiting on the consolation of Israel. In other words, he had been waiting on the promise of God to be fulfilled. But listen to this. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Listen, that is the reason you need relationship with the Holy Ghost. Go to Acts chapter 2, read about the Holy Ghost. Go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 and read about the Holy Ghost. Get a relationship with Holy Spirit because he is the one that will keep you in the plan of God. Bible says the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now look at verse 26, Luke chapter 2. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. Notice that. First thing, the Holy Ghost was upon him. Second thing, it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. Remember, he had been waiting on something 
He had been wondering, God, when is this going to happen? God, how much longer is it going to be? I'm waiting, I'm waiting. You know, I read a statistic yesterday that the average individual spends six months of their life, six months of their life waiting at red lights, stop signs, and lines. And I'm not even going to say how much time is wasted on iPhones. As one southerner said, it's yours. It's yours. But listen, it was revealed to Simeon by the Holy Ghost that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, and look at this. He came by the Spirit. I want you to notice this, guys. This is so important. Get get. Get past your religion, get past your tradition, and get past it being 1215. Not quite, it's, it's almost 1215. But get past all that and hear what I'm saying. Simeon had been waiting on something that he had not yet seen. He had been believing for something that he had not been able to touch. He had been waiting on something that was simply by faith he had read the word of God and he said, God, I'm going to wait on this. But listen to this. The Holy Ghost was upon him. All right? The Holy Ghost was upon him. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit brought revelation to him. And then third thing, he was led by that same spirit into the temple that day. <clears throat> you want to know the awesome thing about God? Y'all go ahead and sing softly and I'll quit. You want to know the awesome thing about God? Is Joseph and Mary brought the baby that day to the temple. That would be the only day. He wouldn't be brought back to the temple anymore for that purpose. <clears throat> there was a moment. Can we go back and sing How Great Thou Art? I'm sorry, How Great Thou Art. But catch this, guys. I'm talking to you about the awesomeness of God. I'm talking about an awesome God of a man that had been been believing he had been waiting for years that he would see the consolation of Israel and all of a sudden one day Holy Spirit began to stir in him Holy Spirit began to move him and God began to reveal this is what I want you to do this is what's about to happen and then as the Holy Spirit began to stir Simeon, Holy Spirit began to say, Simeon, you need to go to church. You need to go down to the house of God this morning. Think about that. Simeon didn't know Jesus was born. Simeon wasn't there when, when the angels appeared in Bethlehem. He didn't know anything about that. But he had been praying. 
God had a plan. So he was led by the Spirit to the temple. And in comes Mary and Joseph carrying the baby Jesus. And the Holy Spirit said, that's the one. That's the one. Simeon didn't go ask anybody. He knew. The Bible says he took the baby Jesus up in his arms and began to bless the Lord. He began to bless God. He began to say, God, now, now you can take this old body home because my eyes have seen him that you promised. Listen, I want to tell you something this morning. If you'll understand what I'm saying, that God's got a plan for your life. It might not happen when you want it to. It might not happen the way you want it to. But listen, when God has got a plan for your life and you're led by the Spirit, you will happen into that plan. You will walk right into the middle of the perfect will of God. Why? Because I'm led by the Spirit. Because the awesomeness of God says, my plan for you is greater than anything that's going to come against you. Would you stand with me, please? So many times we worry. We worry and we stress about all the stuff that we can't control. But there's one thing that you can control this morning. And that is whether or not you know Jesus. You can't control the world, but you can't control the fact that you know Jesus. So I want to ask you this morning, do you know Jesus? Do you have a real relationship with Christ? If not, I'm going to ask you just to step out from where you are this morning and make your way down to the front. And I want to pray with you. And I want to get you in a plan that will change your life. I want to get you in a plan this morning that you'll never be the same. Come on. There's, there's. God, I want to be in your plan. I want to know you, Lord. I want to have relationship with you. Think about this. Think about Simeon. Think about if Simeon had gotten up that morning. Holy Spirit had been dealing with him. You need to go to McCullough today. You need to go to church this morning, Simeon. Simeon said, oh, man, I, I, I want to go hunting today. Or, Lord, I got to go finish up my shopping. I had not got all my gifts yet. I, I want to go shopping. And Simeon had decided on that morning. Instead of going to the temple, I'm going to go down to Belt. They're having a big sale. You know what? Simeon would have missed the very thing that he was waiting for. How many times do we miss those things? Because we got other things going on. Come on, as they sing, let's, let's worship him this morning one more time with this song. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, it's a great time to make him the Lord of your life. 
this morning, we thank you that, Father, you had a foreordained plan for us. You saw us in your foreknowledge. You knew us before we ever knew ourselves. You knew us. Father, your word says you knew us before we were ever formed in our mother's womb. God, that is such an awesome thought that that is hard for us to comprehend. But God, you knew us. You knew us. And Lord, this morning, Father, today we come. And Lord, we desire, Father, to walk in your will and your plan for our lives. Father, not only us, our children, our grandchildren. And Father, this morning, I pray over this house today. God, as we get closer to the day that we celebrate your birth, Lord Jesus. Help us to walk in your plan. Help us to know the plan that you have for us. Help us to be able to say, as Jeremiah prophesied, I know the thoughts I have towards you. And Father, I just pray your blessings over every family here today, every husband, every wife, every son, every daughter today. We speak your blessings over them this morning. Now, Father, God, let us walk in the plan. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, if you prayed that prayer this morning, please let somebody know. We want to help you grow in your walk with God. We love you so much. Don't forget tonight at 6 o'clock, we'll be having classes for all ages. We'd love to have you come and be a part of it. We love you. God bless you. See you tonight.